0: How do you take advantage of this incredible opportunity? Just go to therealcomicpop.com, hit the contact button at the top, and fill everything out, and we'll work it out through PayPal. By the way, we do reserve the right to reject or accept based on our own personal taste. I'm not going to plug your Nazi podcast, man. I'm sorry. You know what? I'm not sorry about that. But you're not going to do it anyway. So go to therealcomicpop.com, hit the contact button at the top of the page, fill everything out, and we'll work it out. Worth it. All right, let's get on with the show now. Sweeping down upon the underworld to smash gangland comes a friend of the unfortunate, enemy of criminals. Mysterious, all-powerful character, a problem to the police, but a of the law. Da-da-da-da. Hello, everybody, and welcome Da-da-da. to the Elseworlds Exchange. I'm Sal, and I'm Joel, and I loved that opening. Oh, I, I could, God. I could easily have kept
1: going with that, but then we might have had to have paid for the song.
0: Exactly, too, we and we—it's only a second. We, and and it was uh, our cover of the songs. So I think we covered, <laughs> but uh, let me tell you something, guys. Uh, this is a big special episode for both of us. Um, this is the Batman the Animated Series 25th Anniversary Celebratory. These are our favorite episodes list. Uh, yep. We're going to be going down our favorite episodes. In And for my list, it's no particular order, Joel, you actually do have like a top 10.
1: So. Well, it's, it's yes and no. I know what my number one episode is. And I think my number one episode, I've mentioned it elsewhere, and I think it will surprise people.
0: I'm looking forward to finding out what it is. So, uh, yeah, if, let's talk a little bit about the Batman animated series before we jump into our list. Uh, this is a show that came kind of out like a dark horse for many people. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there are a lot of people, particularly in our audience, that uh, grew up with it always having existed and using it as a litmus mm-hmm. test for things that are coming out. Like, no, 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 you know, the Batman was pretty cool. It wasn't as good as Batman animated series, but I still like it. You know, Beware the Batman was obviously garbage, but I still enjoy yeah. Justice League action, that kind of thing. But in a world where there was... The only animated Batman you had was the Super Friends cartoon. <laughs> and then suddenly this show comes out of nowhere and it just blows the doors off it, of everything.
1: It wasn't a high hurdle to jump, but goddamn, did they jump it. And in many ways, set a gold standard for like cinematic storytelling and animation for years to come.
0: It completely... Like I said, it blows the doors off of everything that came before it. It not only... Pays uh, homage to the mythology of Batman and his rich, long, you know, fifty to sixty-plus year history. It
1: distills so, so many versions.
0: Exactly, it does a lot of good things that uh, you, the, the best animated or book or movie version of your favorite properties does, which is takes the good and the epic and the and the and the and the, the, the sweeping long history and then boils it down to its basic elements and gives you something of a pure product.
1: Also not afraid to invent their own things as well that would eventually end up becoming canon. Obviously, Harley Quinn is probably the biggest example of like, wow, they invented this thing, and now I can't imagine the DC Universe without it.
0: Exactly. By the way, Mr. Giggle says, is Coke Zero Sugar Hydro Coke Zero? I, did, <laughs> I do not think so, because I'm kind of getting swayed myself. Um, <sighs> I'm drinking it right now. And let me tell you, I'm kind of digging it. And I'll tell you this: the gang at Comic Pop likes it more than Coke Zero, so Ooh. I'm actually running out of it faster than ever
1: before. I uh, I just found it in my local store today, which is funny because when we were walking around Toronto, I'm like, "Hey Sal, I don't think Canada changes over as quick as America does." It if doesn't. you wanted to, if you wanted to fill up on Coke Zero, now would be the time. Literally, when I got back home and went to the Giant Tiger, which you love and find so hilarious, so they cranny. they. They had Coke Zero sugar up there. I'm like, holy shit! I go away for a weekend and look what happens. Mm-hmm.
0: But uh, but getting back on track, uh, the animated series, yes, it doesn't it isn't afraid to make new things. Mm. It isn't. And by the way, it didn't make new things and go look at all the new things we've made. It was literally just like, well, we're making something, and they put their nose to the grindstone and just tried to make as best a show as possible. And I find that. Over the you know over the many years of enjoying and absorbing pop culture, that's where we get the best stuff. Oh yeah, uh, the stuff that comes from adversity is forced to adapt, and also is not trying to make any to not trying to make a name for themselves, but instead make a pure product. Uh, you'll totally. find the same thing comes from everywhere. like. There's a lot of different examples of these of that kind of thing. But like, if you ever get that ba- that great big Batman the animated series book, that has I a do. bunch stuff of stuff on the wall. Actually, I got mine it's actually back at the house. Um, But they talk – there's this great Bruce Timm drawing, I think, uh, where it is depicting all the things that standards and practices wouldn't let them include. Oh, yeah. Which, of course, as the show got more clout and as the show started to evolve and grow and and become the behemoth it was, uh, they started to push the envelope. And you could tell when they were – if you are familiar with that picture – then you are definitely aware when they are like, ooh, we get to break some glass, or ooh, we get to strangle somebody, or ooh, we get to show some kind of drug use. We get to imply
1: death, yeah.
0: And uh, I remember, I think that was the first show, the first animated children's cartoon that had a character invoke the Lord's name. That's true. I remember uh, Bullock says it when uh, Gordon gets shot.
1: That's right, he does.
0: Yeah, in in an episode on my list, so we'll get into it. Mm. Uh, but let's get into our list. This is our favorite episodes of Batman animated series. We know you've got a few of your own. Of so, course. Uh, share so you know. Write your own. Your write yours down and let us know uh, what yours are and compare and contrast. See if we got Absolutely. some. Absolutely. See if we got some dupes.
1: Oh, I, I, I'm sure there'll be a ton of uh, overlap for everyone here. And also, I want to state we pick ten. But then we also picked, like, five or six honorable mentions that we'll probably discuss at the end. So if your favorite episode doesn't make our cut, don't feel bad because it'll probably be an honorable mention somewhere. There
0: are also, like, multiple seasons of this show that are spe- – and, and the show was great. So, like, this might be the best depiction of Man-Bat, for example. Oh, yeah. Unfortunately, I liked more episodes better than that one. I love that episode. It's not on my top ten. doesn't mean I don't appreciate it. You're going to have a lot of that happen. And right I
1: mean, so. the fact that Man Bat only got like two episodes in the entire thing, yet we're still talking about the Man Bat episode, speaks yeah, or volumes. perhaps
0: he's like one of the best action figures in your collection. Oh, um, hell yeah. Yeah, he's fantastic. So uh, you know, Man Bat, hell yeah. Man Bat, hell yeah. Way better than Kite Man.
1: <laughs> just saying.
0: Yeah, just saying uh, full episode, full issues of an epic event dedicated to Kite Man. Uh, Nowhere near as good as at least one episode of the Batman animated series featuring Batman. So yeah, yeah uh, Joel kick it off. What's uh, what's on your top ten?
1: So I'm gonna blow everyone's mind here with this one But I think this is a perfect episode that illustrates one of the most beautiful things about Batman the animated series Is it was so well layered and so well constructed you could have whole episodes without Batman And that would be fine and the episode I picked to kick us off is Showdown, the Wild West flashback episode starring Jonah Hex.
0: Oh my god! Okay, that is actually my old college roommate's favorite episode as well, because he's a Western fan and he loves his Jonah Hex. So I'm not surprised to hear it, but I am a little surprised to hear it. Why is it your Why is it one of your favorites? Why does it warrant bumping certain episodes of other shows uh, or well, other episodes off? Well, I mean
1: obviously Jonah Hex in doing no small part to this episode it also helps build the history of the DC animated universe in a fun way because the villain of that episode is Rachel Ghoul, who was trying to take over the world even back then we meet his son yeah because up until that point we had only seen Talia of course, he's fathered a bunch of kids, which leads to a great twist ending. And also, that's Malcolm Frickin' McDowell as his kid.
0: That's right. Oh, such a great voice acting uh, group, by the way. Uh, I think that's David Warner as the voice of Rachel yeah. Gould, and damn, is he amazing. Uh, but yeah, Malcolm McDowell, uh, tragically underused in the animated series, but I'm glad he was at least put in that one.
1: And uh, another thing, too, the basic plot of this story is that, you know, Rachel Ghoul has built, like, an evil steam machine. He's going to, like, try and kill Lincoln and take over America uh-huh. and everything. <laughs> yeah. That's very close to the plot of Wild Wild West, isn't it?
0: Yes, it is. Only this it
1: episode predates Wild Wild West.
0: Uh, manages to distill all the stuff that you might want to see in Wild Wild West mm-hmm. into 22 minutes while also still managing to retain its dignity and self-respect.
1: Yeah absolutely
0: (laughs) oh and having characters that are more subtle nuanced and actually like behaving like adults by the way it's over 9000 production says i love the batman but what you think of uh batman of btab what is that batman the brave and the bold
1: i think so yeah
0: i kind (laughs) of dug it i avoided it for the longest time but me too I, i did dig it and i appreciated like all the all the deep cuts they were making Uh, I thought it was a really, like, uh, underappreciated show. I I appreciated what they were doing, and the fact they weren't trying to, like, usurp or change anything.
1: Yeah, it definitely had its high points. I'm a big fan of Chillin' the Night, actually. I thought that was a pretty great one.
0: Oh, that is a good one. Which, a a,
1: a, a strangely more serious episode for a show that's usually filled with, like, comedy moments, where it's like, hey, we can do drama, too.
0: Yeah, it seemed like it was kind of built towards kids, but it also tried to do... it, it, It manages to do everything. It did. Um, for me, one of my I'm going to lump these. I have a couple of like two parters that I'm just going to lump into one. That's that's
1: fine. We can do that. We, we have to because they tell one story.
0: Which is Feet of Clay, uh, mm-hmm. Part One and Two, which introduces Clayface and also ruins these the the secret identity for Clayface for everyone. Yeah. Uh, forever, because uh, when I was first introduced to Clayface, it was through the cartoon, so I obviously assumed his name was Matt Hagen. Me too, so only he's I'm like reading, the fourth. Yeah, so every time I read a, a Clayface comic and they talk about Basil, I'm like, what the f? Basil? Like, pass. No, it's Matt! <laughs> it's Matt Hagan!
1: Basil Carlo, a reference yeah. to Boris Karloff, and even in a way, Matt Hagen in the cartoon was a distillation of all the Clayfaces who came before. He had Basil's actor background, but he also had the tragicness of Matt Hagen and exactly. all this other stuff.
0: Yeah, but a great, uh, great once again, a great distillation of the Clayface character, but holy shit. First of all, you uh, you got Roland Daggett, a, one of the many regular people that was also a villain and untouchable. The mm-hmm. end of that episode when... Uh, not the end of the episode, the end end, but the episode where Roland Daggett gets a... Oh, no, I'm sorry. I'm thinking of another episode. But in any case, Roland Daggett's an amazing uh, antagonist played by, uh, perfectly by Ed Asner. Oh, yeah. Uh, but you also have Ron Perlin playing... Uh, Playing Clayface and him doing amazing. an amazing job, but the unsung, amazing, spectacular web of part of the episode, or rather of that two-parter, is just the animation. Oh God, yes! For part two,
1: all hand-drawn and yet all the morphing and changing.
0: Part if you if you if you never see any animation again, watch part two of Feet of Clay, and the animation is just I've I had never seen anything like that before. Uh, as a kid growing up, I remember being like being very aware of the distinctive qualities of like how spectacular and freaking awesome the intro to a cartoon show was because it was all done in house oh, yeah. and it was all with like cinematic quality and with shading and 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 weight and it just looking epic like I, that that Thundercats opening it looks so great Oh, and then it's you stellar. watch the show and you're like what the crap you Why? tricked me no the the feet of clay is like. A 22-minute intro to a show where they just dumped money into it, and I don't know. Oh, they, like,
1: they killed themselves on that one. They did.
0: They they bankrupted themselves on that on that show, and when. But my God. Uh, You've never seen anything like it before. We'll stand
1: the test of time.
0: Yep. I think that team also did, did another episode that's obviously on this list. So Mm -hmm.
1: that episode too, you know, feet of clay is also a wonderfully beautiful, tragic story. And I think that's what Batman did better than just about any other show on TV at that time. It's like, Hey kids, it's a feel bad story.
0: Yeah. Like it makes you, it forces you to, 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 realize like villainy doesn't necessarily come from a place of evil yeah and that's kind of amazing how how often that is the the theme of a batman animated series episode uh and of course the the formation of any good villain they they
1: weren't always happy endings and i think there's something really wonderful about that in doing a show where it's like hey they're not always going to be happy endings
0: yeah ugh, yeah ron perlman man the dude could could have played matt hagen back then today anytime Mm-hmm. In, in in real life and in voice acting.
1: Dude's a national treasure. Yep. Would love to meet him one day.
0: <laughs> yeah, he never goes to the cons we go to. No, no. So, yeah, uh, there you go. Next one.
1: Uh, so, yeah, here's another one that might surprise people uh, Jokerfish or Laughing Fish.
0: The Laughing Fish is on my list as well. I love okay. that one. So, tell us more about why you love it so much.
1: It's a really solid episode. It is a perfectly quintessential Joker episode in my mind because he starts off with this incredibly ridiculous, just no sane, healthy mind would think of this plan to like, to not even take over the city or to not even to do anything. Like it's almost a get rich quick scheme, but he knew it was never going to work. It's it's just wonderful. To see the gears turning or not turning. Where it's like, you know, I will put a bunch of Joker toxin in the water. Yeah. Turn a bunch of fish to look like me. And then I will, you know, make the life of this, you know, poor little copyright clerk hell. Unless he signs over the intellectual property to me. And oh yeah, I'll kill everyone who gets in my way also.
0: Oh yeah, of course. Uh, it's also a beautiful adaptation or like spiritual homage to some iconic moments in Batman history. That the dude. Laughing Fish. Batman versus the Shark. Uh, and he manages to do it pretty much in the same way. It's oh I remember reading that comic and being like, This is so visceral and then seeing it on the screen and not only being like, I think I think I remember this and then being like, Did these guys did these T V people read the comic?
1: Why I think they did.
0: That's unfucking precedented. So At that
1: time it was.
0: Also, they killed the Joker in that episode. Seemingly so perfect. Uh that's it- That that
1: fight they have on top of the aquarium there is probably one, if not my favorite fight scenes from that show. And it's so simple, yet it works because they built up the characters so much and their resentment. Mm -hmm. And it has one of my favorite, like, Hamill uh, voice acting turns where, like, for the whole episode, he's been like, you know, twee funny joker. Ho, 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 this would be a naughty caprice. (laughs) Look at my plan for fish. And then when they're fighting on the rooftop and all of that just falls away. Mm Mm-hmm. And he becomes like this horrible, cruel, madman there. What's what's the line he says I love so much? Where it's like, you know, uh, uh, you've seen my side splinters, here's a skull splitter for you.
0: Yeah. Just hits him with a wrench, by the way. No e- elaborate joke or weapon, just a wrench. In fact, every the, that was the origin of me understanding the colloquialism, meanwhile, back at the ranch. Because yeah. Because it was him being like, meanwhile, back at the wrench. Wrench. Like, what? <laughs> uh also uh really genuine humor in that episode oh yeah uh when he uh god i think recently i encountered a uh a scenario that was very similar to the like uh you can be my very own little mermaid (laughs) and then just dumping the the top half of a fish costume on harley and her going you're really (laughs) sick you know that boss so funny and so excellent. Um, Real good, yeah, yeah.
1: Harley's in that episode too.
0: Yeah, Harley's in that episode, and I think they don't quite know who she is yet. They're they don't. She's not. It's not her debut, but it's an episode where she. It's like let's put in the let's put in that henchwoman that uh, Dini really likes so much. She was fun. She was fun. Let's put her in there, and also, oh, what a great ending where Joker seemingly gets eaten by the shark that he mm. captured and tried to, or not captured, but co-opted into battling Batman. But also at the end harley kisses the joker card throws it into the ocean it floats mm. there for a second and then the shark eats the card Love as if it. to say like no like usually the monster movie moment is like the joker's hand like reaches out and grabs the mm. card or would like you know burst from the rubble but instead the shark eats the card too as if to say like no no sh- no joker's not coming back he of course Love does it. every time but so great as a kid i'm like did they kill the joker
1: He suffered so many deaths that should have been the last one. Like, there's a great one that we'll talk about later where he falls into a smokestack.
0: I think when he falls into the smokestack, he even says, not again.
1: Yeah, not again.
0: (laughs) This keeps happening. Yeah, Laughing Fish. Excellent one. Good call.
1: That's a great episode. Great title card, too.
0: Agreed. Agreed. Uh, For me, another one of my top favorite, or top ten episodes is an episode called Perchance to Dream. Mm, which, that's uh, an excellent bruce one wayne, that one
1: just missed my cut
0: it, I, I had to include it it's a mad hatter episode which is of course awesome because mad hatter is played by Roddy freaking mcdowell
1: amazing
0: who you never would have thought unless you're a planet of the apes fan you're like oh is he cornelius it's freaking awesome he is that episode is so great also another adaptation of a comic book but it's so great bruce wayne wakes up in his utopia, in his world where he doesn't have to be Batman anymore, and there even is a Batman already operating, and he knows that it's not right, and that there's something wrong, and... His parents are
1: alive, he's married to Selina.
0: He's he's getting married to Selina, it's it's just a perfect uh, exploration of the Bruce Wayne character, his pathos, while also delivering it in a way where it's not like scarring and horrifying and Mm -hmm. weird for kids, but uh, so great, and also really explore some fun like Faux science, where he's like, "I couldn't read because you can't read in a dream." Of course, that's not well, true.
1: Yeah, but, we now know that's bullshit. But back at the time, but we it didn't. really
0: it was it was a fun uh, it was a fun moment that where Batman is a detective and figures it out.
1: He's, Batman um, basically got put in the Matrix for that episode, didn't he?
0: Yeah, yeah, because he's all he is hooked up to machines and stuff. It's not like he took like a gas and he had like a vision, which is in another episode. But uh, goddamn so great. That's just, that's such a great episode. I love uh, Roddy McDowell's ending where he just says like, I was willing to put you in your own private wonderland and get you just so you'd stay out of my hair. It's some amazing
1: Get off thing. my case.
0: Yeah, I mean, like, uh, yeah. I gave you the perfect life so you'd stay out of mine or something like that. They uh, they
1: built on that idea for an episode of Batman uh, Beyond with, uh, what is it, Spellbinder. He did something very similar, but he turned it into like a drug where it's like, hey, I'll give you your perfect world for like the price of a dime bag for an hour.
0: I think, what was it, Spellbinder tries to convince Bruce Wayne he's crazy? That's another er –
1: no that was uh that was the sound guy
0: oh yeah yeah shockwave or something
1: something the that's, guy's cool design but not an interesting villain by
0: the way solid episode from batman beyond just just for the ending alone where he's like you know how did you know you weren't going crazy and he says because my mind called me bruce
1: i don't call me that in my mind
0: <laughs> i'm like oh yes that's
1: but mark that down on the docket if this one's popular we'll do one for batman beyond and justice league because there's one we could totally batman do Batman
0: Beyond. it's literally there's like four episodes that i so. i think
1: there's more than that but <laughs> I, I i like batman beyond more than most
0: yeah yeah people dug it so i don't i don't i don't begrudge them but yeah freaking uh perchance to dream was one of my top favorites
1: that's an excellent one for sure what do you got okay what do i got well now here's one i know we're gonna share on all of them so let's mm-hmm. talk about it right out of the way almost got him.
0: Oh, almost got him. yes of course it's on my list uh, I think that's the first one where we introduce the villains are all kind of like in a, in the same universe slash all yes. like they all know each other. It's uh, a
1: villain team up episode, but with a twist because they don't actually do anything together except for get caught. Right,
0: and also perfectly illustrates why the Joker's number one. Yes. It pay and also uh, features Harley or I'm sorry, not Harley, Poison Ivy in her uh, black Halloween costume, which you never yes. see. So great! It's uh. Anyway, go ahead. Yeah, uh, another
1: visual it. tour de force. It's it's an anthology episode is yeah. what it is. And this was one of the first episodes that opened me up to the idea that you can do 22 minutes in like four or five short stories.
0: Yes. Uh, Man, you know what's great about that episode is how brilliant they are in taking a very, very basic, simple premise and then tricking you. Uh, I know that like I fell for the croc reveal because they made it funny.
1: They sure did. Because I hit him with a rock. It was a big rock. It was a
0: big rock. I'm like, I'm I'm so entertained and delighted by that joke that when it was revealed that he's actually Batman, I'm like, oh, because it was so in keeping with their version of Croc. I was so, I was so in.
1: So many great visual gags, too. The Joker is cheating at cards. Two faces drinking half and half. Mm-hmm. He's got a handful of twos. Yep.
0: I also love how horrified and disgusted the other villains are with Joker's plan. Yes. They're like, "What? You're going to turn her into cat food? That's off. That's over the line, Joker." <laughs> um, the other moment of course is also great is that like they almost got him. That's the theme of the or the the, the running, you know, thematic element is them all saying almost got him and then of course uh, Catwoman trying to get him to kiss trying to get him to kiss her and yeah. him not doing it and her saying almost got him. That was They're her like, almost oh.
1: <laughs> but visually, too, this one was a tour de force. You know, we talked about like the the burning pumpkin patch scene with Poison Ivy, yes. the crazy cassowary bird that tries to kill Batman. The bit that always gets me is the bar, the bad guy bar they're actually hanging out in. It's very like Fleischer Superman, very minimalist. You've got like lamps just you know hanging from the darkness, and then you know with the Batman reveal, it swings, illuminates Croc for a second, then boom when it swings back, he's Batman. Oh, it's it
0: it does this brilliant thing where it, it, it casts a shadow over Croc, and as it as a as it casts the shadow, he is Batman over Croc. Oh, such brilliant animation in that episode. Pretty. Uh, yeah, pretty. And, of course, brilliantly acted and fun and and doesn't wind up being like – doesn't feel trite. You know, like The Trial is a good episode, not on my top list, and felt like a rehash of Almost God.
1: Trial is also in my honorable mentions. Did you know before they did Mask of the Phantasm, Trial was actually supposed to be the movie?
0: It was, and uh, I would have been disappointed, I think. Uh, The Trial episode, I think, is a great premise. I don't – it's not on my list at all. I it's do. like,
1: mm, you were so close to doing a serious house on a serious earth. You almost had it's it.
0: Real close. Uh, and then of course, like if you're a big Spider-Man fan by the way, they rip it the fuck off. They do. The clone saga and Carnage is the prosecutor or something. It's nice. horrible. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> so yeah. Uh, so you di- you you ditched or you you jumped on almost got him. Uh, I'm going to go with another episode called I Am the Night. Oh. Uh, this one a, a
1: very introspective episode which they would often do.
0: Yes. Uh this one is uh what's it called uh Batman is dealing with crime uh, the jazz man. Uh Gordon gets shot and Batman gets real grill emo about it.
1: He sure does.
0: God, so good. Uh I I saw it recently. Um yeah, I just I did an update to Windows and so now like everything's telling me like he's giving me updates which is annoying as hell. Hey,
1: update, uh, dude.
0: Thanks, Windows. But yeah, no. Uh, so Jimmy the Jazzman is willing to is is interested in like getting revenge on Gordon and like risks life and limb. It's 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 a great episode that shows like obsession and dedication. It's an you know? Ahab
1: and the White Whale moment, is yeah, what it is.
0: Jazzman literally risks like he. He jeopardizes and ultimately sacrifices his own freedom just so he could try and kill Gordon. Because that's
1: how important it was to him. And that's reflected in Batman and the lengths he'll go.
0: Exactly. And Batman, oh, that moment where Batman fails, Gordon gets shot, Bullock says, oh my God, which is another like, what, they can say God in this show? Um, but also Batman going back to the Batcave and then just wrecking everything. That was a great moment. so disappointed. And like, yeah, I guess in this world, this is kind of the first time Batman's failed.
1: Yeah, I, I remember too as like a young kid being like, this was the first time Batman ever gets down on himself. I'm like, is it even worth it, Alfred? Is it even worth what I do?
0: Yes, maybe it's time for Batman to go back into the night where he, where he, or where he came from before mm-hmm. someone else gets hurt. So great, everyone's trying to convince him to be Batman. Also another episode that like teases Robin. I always loved, as a kid, I loved Robin and I loved this show's depiction of Robin because mm-hmm. he was kind of an adult hmm And uh, I, I know, of course, they use the Tim Drake costume, so I'm like, yeah, this is great. <laughs> uh, but they, they did, there are a couple of episodes where they're like, I think Robin is going to be in this one, and then he's not. And yeah, you're like, yeah. And like, hey, <laughs> you tricked me into thinking this is going to be a Batman and Robin episode, and it's not. But uh, the, the moment that really gets me, and the reason why it's in my top ten is because of, uh, is when Jim wakes up and... He says, like, I thought, you know, I wish I could have been younger. Like, I would have been more like you, like a hero. Mm. He says, you are a hero, Jim. Oh, I'm like, so oh, good. by the way. Uh, oh, God. Uh, also, the voice actor, I have to toss this out there. Uh, was it Robert Hastings played Jim Gordon? And Ooh. there will never be another Jim Gordon. That sounds he was like wonderful. Him. Uh, he's so great. He's like a Death of a Salesman, like Willie Loman. Uh, depiction, you know the Brian Dennehy version, not the Dustin Hoffman one, but so good. Uh, but yeah, Hastings, man, I wish he could have been in more. And um, I he we the world is poorer having lost him. Yeah, so yeah I am the knight. So good. He's, yeah. He even there's a great moment where he's like, "I I was the night, I became the night," and he does he this did. like pr- this fucking Shakespearean thing, and I'm like, "Oh yeah, hey, Batman, you might want to tone it down a little bit." Just so great. It's,
1: it's a hell of a soliloquy. I'm like, I'll remember that for my high school drama cast. Yeah, <laughs> I remember to pull that one out if he I need his, a monologue.
0: It's not his "I am vengeance, I am the night" moment. And by it's the way, great metal, great mo- great line, but from like a hilarious episode where he's like clutching for dear life. And yeah, like, I am the night oh but i have to be really careful not to fall off this blimp
1: i always thought that was funny too everyone loves playing that clip but they always play the clip out of context
0: yeah they're not showing him just desperately clutching for life off of a zeppelin while a skeleton version of his father's talking to him
1: yeah yeah L- little nuts huh
0: yeah so yeah there you go so anyway i am the knight is one of my favorites
1: it's, it's a stellar one. Now, I have a two-parter here, too, and fitting it's the first two-parter the show ever did, and that's Two-Face Part 1 and Part 2. That's
0: so great. That's in my honorable mentions. I, I couldn't fit it in the rest of them, so I put Two-Face in the honorable mentions. It,
1: it, it's rough because they did so many amazing supervillain origins. You could literally have picked just about anyone. You could have picked Mad as a Hatter. You could have picked... All of these ones. I liked this one because I think it really hits home the importance of the relationship of Harvey Dent and Bruce Wayne. Heck, we even saw Harvey Dent in an episode previous to this. Oh, so that they...
0: was the other thing about that show is that they introduce Harvey Dent like early on so that you are like, wait a minute. He's not – he's not 2 faced What's happening? Like establishing continuity but also really oh, yeah. building up their relationship. I think the first Poison Ivy episode features, it features Harvey Dent. Prominently,
1: It is because, uh, what is it, Poison Ivy's trying to kill him and they make a joke about that in uh, Almost Got Him where it's like, oh yeah, we used to date.
0: Yeah. And as I, I know, I think I caught that episode later in life. Like I missed it when it came – because I was watching them when they came out. And uh man, I was like, what is happening? They used to date? I thought it was a throwaway line. But man, yeah it's actually in the thing. It
1: is. Yeah. This, this, this episode is stellar to me because it hits home the idea that they would play with a lot in the future of the show and that is – Batman's villains are crazy like they are literally sick in the head they are clinically insane and there's something horrifying about that and this this one really like goes deep like this is the first time in a cartoon I ever saw a dude going to a therapy session and really trying to seek help for his split personality disorder
0: uh, and by the way I gotta say I'm you know two face one of the part part of the reason why I didn't end up on on my top 10 list is because part one is animated perfectly yeah and part two isn't yeah it's one of the d squad animators and it's like the episode is is great and beautiful and awesome and i love the two-parter and i'll watch both of them but there's something missing when the first part is so good and the second part is just not
1: like again, we were talking about the great casting of Jim Gordon. There, great casting of Two Face, Richard freaking Mull from yeah, Night Court. Mull
0: from Night Court. Who'd have thought that? And man, does he do a good job. I remember uh, in an old Wizard magazine, they had a publicity photo of the cast. It was Batman and his villains against like a tree just <laughs> outside, and I'm look and I'm looking at this, and it's like it's Poison Ivy and Bullock, and or I'm sorry, po- Poison Ivy and Two Face and uh, and Joker and Batman. I think that's kind of it. But uh, but I'm like, is that Bull from Night Court? What is he doing <laughs> yep. in this picture? Is that Luke freaking Skywalker? <laughs> yep. Just so great.
1: L- like when he does the turnover from like, oh, you know, I, I'm Harvey Dent and I'm here to help. And I'm running for district attorney and all this other stuff. And then, you know, he does the turnover.
0: Oh, my God. You're talking to the wrong Harvey. Wrong guy. By the way, also great parallel with Batman because Batman has like a... Hey, Lucius, what's up? And then his Batman voice is something else.
1: Drops a couple octaves. I really love that to them, really hit that home. Also, uh, this was an episode that did a great job uh, highlighting the traditional organized crime of Gotham because while it's Two-Face's story and he becomes the villain by the end, the main antagonist is Rupert Thorne, one of their other great creations.
0: Yeah, great character uh, and a prominent villain throughout the series. He's always there when you need, like, a mobster that doesn't have a a silly or, you know, ludicrous angle or gimmick. Uh, And you could tell, like, Thorne is just like, I'm just, you know, if Batman wants to punch dudes dressed in cosplay, I'm going to try and, like, take an opportunity on the side, you know? Like, it's great. Just so great. Did
1: did they ever make Rupert Thorne canon in the comics, or am I just missing?
0: I think they did. I want to say that Rupert Thorne is in the comics, but I don't... He didn't do anything very... uh, He didn't do anything that made a splash. Like,
1: he's he's due to come back. I remember in Eternal when they brought back Carmine Falcone and made him canon again. Everyone in his dead. yeah, which is like yeah, he should be, but you know it was a whole thing and like everyone oh. in his gang had like rose tattoos. Yeah. And I'm like, well, really, that should be a Rupert Thorne thing is exactly. what it should be, because he had a whole Rose motif going on.
0: Yeah, no, it was written, his name is Thorne. It's based off a Rose. Yeah, no, he had a whole... His,
1: his ship was called the Rose's Thorn. Yeah,
0: he had a gimmick, too, but it was based off his name. But
1: yeah, It was a subtle gimmick. It's, it's it's like what any Tony Montana Godfather dude would do.
0: Yeah, no, it, it, yeah. Because otherwise the theme would be I'm fat, and Kingpin's already got that covered.
1: He's got that covered. Two-Face is also a heartbreaking love story, too, between him and Grace, and they have this very, you know, uh, Frankenstein elephant, man, I'm not a monster. (laughs)
0: Um,
1: And when he takes her to the casino, which is very fitting that they gave – Two-Face, they really hit home the games of chance thing going on there. When he's got, like, the John Merrick sheet over one half of his face, it's like, you know, this is my world now, a place of duality and chance. And
0: she's like, what? Like, she has no patience for it. It's kind of amazing. I like when characters get, like, all melodramatic, and then other characters just go take the piss out of them going like, what?
1: Yeah, I I was working on this. And then, you know, when Batman beats him at the end, and again, real downer ending, and we see Batman flip the coin into the into the uh, what is it, into, into the, the wishing fountain well or whatever it, into the wishing well it
0: comes up scarred
1: oh, so such a great moment and like that speech he has there where it's like you know what what are you dreaming tonight Harvey uh, what is it gentle dreams or nightmares or both at the same time I
0: like uh, when he's free when he's trying to find the coin you know, he's just he's just screaming oh it's so great great um, in another direction of crazy my, one of my top favorite episodes of the Batman the animated series which people are gonna be annoyed about, is the Clock King? Ah! Uh, uh, and here's why. Uh, I don't like Mayor Hill. Uh, I re- and no. when I was a kid, okay, as a kid, I didn't like Mayor Hill. As a kid, I didn't like watching Batman episodes that didn't feature a colorful villain that I really liked. Same. And uh, I didn't like episodes without any Robin in it. And this is all of those things. It is. And it taught me that because every time it came on, I'm like, well. I, I, I it beats going outside and playing with like people and doing things. So I guess I'll watch it. <laughs> but let me tell you something. The Clock King is so brilliantly acted by uh, by that dude who plays the Clock King. <laughs>
1: yeah, and and kept coming back. Even in Justice League, he kept coming back. He's
0: so good. The dude, like, I loved the character. I loved the, and the second one is really cool, but it's not nearly as powerful because that's the one where, where like he has that technology that makes. He it actually fast.
1: gets time powers
0: and makes a little like Superman reference because Robin says, "Ha, huh, faster than a speeding bullet!" and I'm like, "Wait a minute, Superman? Maybe?" And then 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 I forgot about it. But like, the first episode of Clock King, when you just watch Fugit go through his day, and. He's he like he you know people like this guy and oh, he's yeah. not like a villain he's just wound wound too, super tight too, too tight like a mm. I, he, I, I But his his misplaced aggression and his his misunderstanding and his his like just how that misplaced aggression and his obsessions being forced into another avenue so great and it
1: also fits beautifully into that famous batman killing joke it only takes one bad day yeah
0: i i honestly like it teaches you a lesson about like stories that you didn't necessarily think you were going to enjoy or stories that you don't think you want and then being like no we're going to challenge your conventions there's a couple of episodes on this list that are legitimate, like, that me from 1992 would be like, how is that your favorite episode? That is so boring. Same. But uh, no. Uh, like, also, we got to
1: mention, too, uh, his name is Temple Fugit, yeah. as a reference to, what is it, the, the old, uh, what is it, Latin thing? <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: Just, oh, yeah. That's clever. I like, like I design. first figured
1: that out watching that episode.
0: Oh, nice. So, yeah, Clock King. Who would have thought that? Anyway. Yeah, who would have? <laughs> what do you got?
1: Okay, what else do I got here? Uh, well, keeping up with the theme of just like shredding endings and like actually talking maturely about insanity and mental illness, baby doll.
0: Baby dolls in my uh actually it's in my yeah, it's in my uh bonus. It's in my honorable mentions.
1: It doesn't baby become doll. excellent until the very end because it starts off as just like a fun little romp about television and how many in jokes we can get in here. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. And then LaPlaca fucking just swings to the fences in that, like, performance of uh, of the character, which is like, that's me, isn't it? Oh! Oh, no. I, and that was in the new Batman and, like, in Robin was. Adventures. Which, by the way, as a kid, I'm like, they changed the intro. I don't like this. <laughs> that's more of a pure Shirley Walker theme, because Shirley Walker had to do, like, an adaptation of the Tim Burton theme for the original theme. And mm-hmm. then she's like, here's my theme. And it's so good when you listen to it all separate from the show. Um, And then she, of course, gets to make it even better when she when she gets to score the Phantasm. But uh, but yeah, Doll is a good episode. It's just a solid and uh, excellently animated as well. It's not the guys from like Heart of Ice or or Feet of Clay, but it's still uh, it's like the Phantasm people animation. It's just so good.
1: It's also just like, you know, wonderfully weird comic book Batman where it's like, you know, hey, here's this failed child TV star who went nuts, kidnapped her co-stars, and now Batman's chasing her through a carnival while she shoots at him.
0: Most recently I was reading uh, that Super Sons episode uh, with Kid Amazo, and I'm like, this Mm. is very baby doll. (laughs)
1: Yeah, it had a lot of the same uh yeah a lot of the same hallmarks. And in the end too, Batman didn't even really need to throw a punch. That's one of the few instances where like, you know, the villain defeated themselves basically or they just burned out. No,
0: Batman just holds her. Yeah. Just ugh. That, yeah. That is an episode that made me believe that there was hope for the rest of the series. And then season and then season 4 came out and uh, I lost it.
1: Yeah, there's still some fun ones in there, but I there's no, like, you know, like, oh, man, that was a masterpiece.
0: None of them are on my list. Sorry, Over the Edge fans.
1: Oh, I have Over the Edge on mine. <laughs>
0: uh, but yeah, so uh, another one of my episodes that I really, really love that's in my list is The Man who killed
1: Batman? Mm. Sid the Squid. Sid
0: the Squid. Oh God!
1: Another Batman episode without Batman because that's how good the characters and the writing are on that show.
0: Yeah, Matt Frewer playing Sid the Squid, uh, an, a voice that I knew inside and out every time he did anything. Uh, I'm like, oh, it's the Pink Panther or, mm-hmm. or or Max Headroom or. But he's so good. And he was like, he is all over that er- that decade.
1: He uh, sure is. By
0: the way, like he's in an amazing episode of TNG. He's and of course he, I, I, he he's so good. But anyway, um, yeah, uh, the man who killed Batman is so great for a variety of reasons. One, uh, it proves to you that even though Batman's not in the episode, it's still fantastic because he's yes. barely in it. Uh, and two, uh, we meet this new character and then never see him again.
1: It's true. They did him so perfectly once. Let's never see him again.
0: And uh, and it also has the Joker monologue.
1: Yes, which is amazing like the funeral for Batman as given by the Joker.
0: It's great and it's funny because I think people have really like overanalyzed that episode and, or in that moment cuz Joker's like and and it it still works, but it's also like you well we'll get into it cuz here's what's here's what I like. So ba- so Joker's like you killed Batman. That's fucked up. <laughs> because i'm supposed to kill batman when joker uh, plans the, the the heist and then harley comes in look at all the pretties put them back harley yeah like, oh that's so great Then they have the funeral he's like he's really not coming has the funeral for him and it's just he's like oh i'll be smiling again once we put that man there and in that, that him box, in there. The box that box there and roll into that vat of acid there Uh, and then he, so he seemingly kills Sid the squid and basically gets revenge for having killed Batman. That also that amazing joke where he puts the kick me sign on the, on the cap and cow.
1: Oh yeah. And he (laughs) does the, and they do the kazoo bit.
0: They do the kazoo of amazing grace. (laughs) (laughs) So funny when he goes, uh, but the, the moment that I really find interesting is when it's all over and Joker sheds a single tear for Batman. And then he goes, well, that was fun. Who's for Chinese? Seriously, every time there's a, uh, there's a dour moment in my life, Mm -hmm. I immediately like get back into good spirits by being like, well, that was fun. Who's for Chinese? (laughs) Me too. It's completely invaded my life. Uh, and it's so good, but I like it also because like for Joker, it's like, well, it's over. Like we've done it. Batman's dead. I got my revenge. It's over. I kind of wanted to see, like, and they couldn't do it because it, it doesn't fit in the episode. But, like, it would have been nice to see the exploration of that a little bit better. Where it's like, Joker, where, what happens to Joker with no Batman? Batman's done. I got, like, you know, his his death was stolen from me. uh, and, But I got my revenge and killed the idiot who killed him. Yeah. Probably slipped on the slime trail this... Parasite left behind. Behind.
1: Um, my, uh, my theory for that is Joker would go, have his Chinese, then go to the bathroom and blow his own brains right? out after like that. Right? Like,
0: Joker either kill himself or be like, well, I guess I'll just have to figure out what being a regular person is.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: But, uh, but I digress.
1: <laughs> Maybe go to, what is it, Star City and start fucking with Green Arrow. Yeah.
0: Well, I got another Batman. Hey, Green Batman, let's do this. Stop calling me Green Batman. I have my
1: own <laughs> stuff going on. No damn i'm better than the majority of your villains i
0: killed all your villains that (laughs) was easy yeah um there were only two of them
1: (laughs) no i swear there is more clock king is technically mine (laughs) he premiered in my book so he's mine
0: yeah but anyway there you go uh the man who killed Batman. great episode uh we got a lot of great like Oh my god, when, uh, yeah that's another Rupert Thorne episode.
1: Yes, Rupert Thorne featuring quite prominently in that episode as well.
0: Yeah, no one is that lucky or stupid.
1: Mm-hmm, yeah, uh, you must be trying to make a play for my empire. Exactly! <laughs> no, no, really, I promise, I'm that lucky and that stupid. Yeah.
0: The guy I'm almost all off the things. bat, finally, a big shot at last. Aw, great. Love that. So good.
1: Uh, another two-parter we have to talk about the Demon's Quest.
0: Demon's Quest, yes. Uh, let me see. The, the
1: closest place. they got to like an actual big full movie. I yeah. mean, well, every episode was a movie, but that one could easily have been a movie. Oh,
0: easily. No, Demon's Quest is in my uh, my honorable mention.
1: It's it's Batman goes James Bond.
0: Yes, that was the. This is the show that introduced me to Rachel Gould. I read the Neil Adams books. But I was like, okay, that's cool. He very rarely played into any of the comics that I read that were coming out of that time that were Batman yeah. featured. So like I had to either go <laughs> back in time to read any Rachel Ghul's, and even then the only Rachel Ghoul books I ever read were like his first appearance.
1: You, you could argue this episode helped raise the fuck out of his profile and why Rachel Ghoul is always on those lists of like the top 10 greatest Batman foes. I
0: think that the show single-handedly Raised awareness of Rachel Gould. I think everybody. I think Neil Adams would keep would would argue with you, but I think. Oh, of show, course he would. I think the show is 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 mostly to thank for Rachel Gould's prominence in any
1: way. And, and that episode is a love letter to Neil Adams' art. They recreate so many famous panels and scenes from his work, right down to the shirtless sword
0: fight. We got the shirtless sword fight. I was like, wow. I, I thought there was going to be a scorpion moment in there, but no. But that was fine. It worked out so great. Also, um, shit. So David Warner plays uh, plays Raish, and Helen Slater plays Talia, and she's so, also excellently so good. Remember that episode with like that throwaway villain that like causes Vertigo. Oh,
1: v- v- Count Vertigo, who is also a Green Arrow villain. Yeah, Count
0: Vertigo totally sucks. And like, and,
1: <laughs> damn like, it, Batman, you took two of Green Arrow. The
0: whole the whole reason to do the episode is just to tease Raish Al Ghul. Oh. <laughs> Yep. But yeah, no, the Demon's Quest, great two parter, also has Robin in it, but one of those teasers that's like Robin's Ken and not really in it. He's like a he's he's like a hostage.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah.
0: Also, is that the episode where uh, where he says where he counts to three with Ubu where he's like, and that's three
1: Yeah, exactly, right there. That's that's strike one, that's strike two no, no one walks before the master. Yeah.
0: Okay, that's one. <laughs> <laughs> Mod king Moby says, "I just remembered, growing pains was a thing." Ugh,
1: That's yes. another really good one.
0: That is a good one.
1: Do, 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 I, I wonder, do I mix up growing pains with old wounds?
0: I think you do. <laughs>
1: right, because because they both tackled the same subject matter. They were all very like Bat Family centric episodes.
0: Yes, they were. Yeah, growing okay. pains is the one with the with Clayface.
1: Right, and, and, and like a, Tim makes a friend only to find out. Yeah, okay.
0: That's a that's a really solid episode. Again, not in my list, but still. Also, so
1: also a creative way to use Clayface.
0: Yes, great way to do. Creative way to do something new with Clayface.
1: Someone in the chat just mentioned Bane. Bane's like my favorite Batman villain. One of my favorite comic villains, and even I couldn't put his episode in the list. It's good.
0: It is good. But it's not
1: top ten good.
0: I did not put Bane in my list as well. As well. But I will say number one, oh, Oh, uh, that was the that was the episode where I'm like, is Bane. Like, Spanish?
1: <laughs> yes. Yeah, head the I had cinema. no
0: concept of it until I had to... Because uh, my introduction to Bane was Nightfall, not Vengeance of Bane or whatever. Right, um, so right. So I was like, oh, okay, cool. Well, all right, here we go. Also, way to screw up... Uh, everyone wants to screw up the Bane design? Yeah. Like, the mask looks cool because you don't see his face. got a cool logo over his <laughs> face and red eyes. No, let's cut it out so we see his nose. Yeah, and his Again, mouth. He's
1: supposed Congrats. to be a luchador, guys. That's what you're going for.
0: It's cooler in the comic,
1: despite my, my the fact
0: fi- that his outfit is like a bondage person's costume.
1: Oh well, later it will be a bondage person costume. In the first appearance, it's more like 1920s wrestler.
0: It's pretty. It's it's very similar to the comic book version. Yeah. Also, I remember being like when in that episode of Bane when he's gonna he's gonna do the the breaking of the bat scene, and then Batman just pops his fucking venom and i'm like yeah man he should have done that
1: that's that's bane in a nutshell i love him but he always gets defeated the same way yeah
0: yeah well don't have big loose tubes that are connected to your brain jackass
1: yeah maybe maybe don't do that actually it's funny, the bane episode too they kill off rupert Thorne's secretary in that one
0: yeah they do candace dies in that episode or at you least know. that's the implication
1: we never see her again. So yeah, she she was dead. She was two time in thorn with Bane, and once Bane got defeated, well, time to kill you. And Batman doesn't stop it, which is funny. Batman knows it's gonna happen oh, and does Bane nothing. Oh, Bane
0: sets her up. He says like, I I got a I got a new I got a new uh, like I got a I got a, a a track for you to listen to. I call it Better Luck Next Time. Yeah, and he yeah. plays their conversation. And Rupert Thorne's reaction is basically to be, like, a jilted lover, like, ooh, Candace, but, like, yeah, no, he murders
1: her. <laughs> he so, murders the shit out of her. Actually, that episode's great, too, because she gets into a fight with Robin when Bane and Batman are fighting, and she does the most adorable thing. She takes her high heels off, then jumps into fight. That's
0: a great, yeah, that's a great element. I like that.
1: That's like, you know, okay, gotta, gotta take out my hoop earrings, gotta take off my shoes. Yeah. All right,
0: hang on a minute. I'll be right there.
1: C- clearly someone in the animators room is like have you ever seen women fight before legit
0: yeah so yeah there you go uh where were we what was that one
1: uh that was uh that was the demon's quest for demon's me Quest.
0: okay um for me i gotta say if i didn't mention the riddler i would be remiss uh so i'm so while i'm not going to say his first appearance although i did like it
1: if you're so smart, why aren't you rich?
0: Yeah, if you're so smart, why aren't you rich? Which is a great episode. I'm going to say one of my favorites is Riddler's Reform.
1: Oh, that's a solid one. Where
0: Riddler goes to work for Wacko Toys. <laughs> and uh, there are great little moments in that. I love uh, Riddler's... I love John Glover playing Riddler in that one. He's so good.
1: He's really good. He's so
0: good. He he's, he is the he could play Riddler any time. Although now he's very old. But, like, yeah. but uh, when he played that awful scientist in Batman and Robin, I'm like, oh no you should just no, oh, right they did that awful mask riddler no <laughs> but uh so great uh there's that great acting moment where he's like he's doing his for some reason by the way in the batman universe they shoot uh commercials live yeah but uh in any case there's that great moment where riddler's doing a commercial and the kid's like trying to figure it out and they're they're children so he's like smashing this puzzle box <laughs> and riddler just goes don't I like that you'll break it like just so so angry and miserable and doesn't work like working with kids at all. Oh yeah. Uh, I like uh, I like Batman being a detective in that one where he's just like they go to the he writes down the the address and then they go to the address and it's like a bank and then uh, he remembers that like he flipped the, the the chalkboard over, which is which makes it something else and oh, that's.
1: It's That's wonderfully mind bendy
0: And of course, at the end, when Batman jumps in the safe and Riddler doesn't count on that, and he says, "How did he? How did he do it? How did he do it? I have to know!" I Again, one of the know.
1: best final shots involving Arkham. I loved Arkham was a character. How many times did we see villains there just freaking out? Yep.
0: Oh, this is so good. Uh, Riddler planning on like killing the Riddler persona, but now that he's killed Batman, him being like, "They're right. I can't stop." Like, Batman's yeah. right. I can't stop. Uh, I'm sick. To, I'm sick. I am sick. And I fooled the doctors and the parole board. and Oh, just so good. Uh, I, I, The Riddler is – I have never seen a better depiction of the Riddler than
1: in this show. It's really, really solid. They got a handle on it. In the same vein as, like, Riddler's reform, I had also considered for my honorable mentions uh, Birds of a Feather, which was kind of like Penguin's reform.
0: Oh, yeah. That's a really good one where he falls in love with the Reeland chick.
1: It's probably my favorite Penguin episode, and it's probably one of the best episodes with Vreeland in it.
0: Yes, easily.
1: She was another, like, kind of newish character, and I always like the idea that they messed around with where It's like, look, if Batman never became Batman, he probably would have just married Veronica Vreeland.
0: Yeah, I like that in Batman Beyond's pilot, it's like the granddaughter of Vreeland that he's trying to save. Nice little bit of continuity there, gang.
1: Our our, our lives will be forever uh, intertwined for yes. whatever reason. But Th- that that uh, one's yeah. great too, because that we actually get to see like high society in Gotham through the eyes of Bruce Wayne, and it's kind of like a critique yeah. of that, that of the ultra rich and you know the ultra bored. And I'm like, yeah, it's nice to see them doing this.
0: Yeah, I agree. Um, yeah, that's a good episode anyway. But yeah, uh,
1: so how, uh, House and Garden is another one, and kind of the reform thing, and that one's a good mystery one too. Yeah, I
0: agree uh but i couldn't not mention the riddler in some ways so i just had to pick my favorite riddler episode solid uh, uh yeah
1: what's another one i got here i mean oh uh well you, you kind of already mentioned how you weren't gonna put it on your list but over the edge <laughs> i am quite a fan let me
0: tell you something that's probably the best episode of that season not including that great episode with clayface that we mentioned earlier
1: it's, it's solid. I'm a big fan of this in comics, so of course I'd be a big fan of it in comic book shows. I like the idea where the writers get together and be like, all right, if we were to write a last one, a last one ever, if we were given you know, a blank check to put the final word on it, what would it be like? How would the House of Cards come tumbling down as a thought exercise? Yeah. And that's what this is, and I think it's wonderful.
0: Yeah. <clears throat> I, I, I really find that episode very watchable. I think it's fun and cool, and it's a great uh, exploration of yeah, of, of a what-if story, basically. Uh, I like seeing Gordon versus Batman. I like Gordon immediately finding out. I don't like the idea that Gordon just doesn't know already. Gordon's like, all right, Bruce, yeah. it, the jig is up.
1: That's that's always what I assume too, that Gordon could know if he wanted to, or he already knows and doesn't care. That's
0: the I like that he already knows, but Gordon says, like, one minute on my daughter's computer, like, told me who you were. And I was like, you needed to look.
1: Come on. Whatever, but, but then at but... the end of the episode, too, they imply that he already knew that she was Batgirl, so. Yeah. They have their cake and eat it, too.
0: Yeah, it's interesting. Uh, it, it does, however, give us the cool d- design of the of Scarecrow.
1: I can't believe that design was only in a handful of episodes. It's so fucking metal.
0: It is totally metal. Also, new Southern
1: Preacher, New Scarecrow. Yeah,
0: I do like. Uh, I I liked all the voices of Scarecrow, um, but that one was pretty cool too.
1: I mean, Combs, come on. Yeah, it's the fucking reanimator. <laughs> Who doesn't um, love the re? That's also the episode that has Bondage Bane. Like that's uh, yes, Gordon I Ace in the hole. Yes, I hate that design. See, I kind of like it for its creep factor. Like, this is what Nightmare Bane would look like. Then, of course, when we see Bane later on, it's what he's wearing anyway. And all the subsequent ones. Weird. (laughs) I mean, come on, with with his cracked up, fucked up teeth and his, like, gimp mask mouth and everything. Yeah,
0: it's very weird. It's a weird choice. And then they
1: fight, like, on the bat signal and everything. That was cool, too.
0: Yeah, I like that. Um, Let's see. I mean, we
1: actually get to see a coffin being carried in an animated series. That's some.
0: Oh well, how about when Batgirl just lands on her father's car windshield, cracking? And
1: they say too in the commentary, it's like you know they said we had to shoot it in a different way. We had to shoot it from the inside, that's and more we horrifying. did. It. Yeah, and it's even worse. Thanks, standards and practices.
0: Yeah. Well, that's the thing. Like that's 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 beauty from adversity. Um. So where are you in your list? How many more do you have left?
1: Uh, I have about two more.
0: I also have two more. So
1: okay. uh, I, I think we'll probably have two of the same. I do believe.
0: Uh, we'll see. Uh, should we talk about the one that we both have, or is that your number one?
1: Uh, you, you you go ahead. My, my, my number one's like the Dark Horse.
0: Okay, because uh, I have a different one as well. So we'll talk about Heart of Ice, which is yes. so great. Uh, the
1: one they won the award for, and very deserved.
0: Uh, let me tell you something. Again, never a better Mister Freeze than in this show. Heart of Ice is the episode that that showed people that not only can comic books inspire, like, beauty and greatness, but also uh, it can, like transcend the material and give you something new holy shit is this episode good a-
1: again the dialogue just firing on all cylinders there. are like what, what's that bit he says when he has batman captured where it's like you know ne- 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 never to walk on on a on a beach again with a warm breeze in my face and a hand in my oh yes i'd kill for that yes
0: exactly oh god michael ansara who only died not too long ago but like mm. he was like a monster actor as i recall yeah. so like just so good um the voice acting is brilliant the animation is perfect uh it's a perfect episode it really is and also by the way like it gives you the old like 50s version of mr freeze's costume yeah. without the red and you're like holy shit
1: like the score is amazing oh, too yeah. in that one
0: it's that's the thing is that the show itself is a perfect storm of excellence across the board you had animators that gave a shit who were who are performing a brilliant feats of amazingness you've got shirley walker and her amazing ability to capture a character in musical form and then give you just just stuff you don't even pay attention to and then when you actually are like brought it to, brought uh, your ear to it you're like oh shit this is actually really really good and powerful it,
1: it was so good they kept going back to the mr freeze well i don't think they ever topped that episode though
0: uh it's hard uh yeah i'm trying to remember if there was anything better than heart of ice i don't think so the they, they movie, gave him his own movie the movie is not as good as the first
1: episode no it's not where I'm like mm, no, nah, it's not as good as the episode though you did it better in 22 heck I enjoyed the weird like uh, Bioshock before Bioshock where they go to a Walt Disney stand in's underwater city where he wants to live forever so he's kidnapped Mr. Freeze from jail yeah <laughs> that was a fun one and, and then to be like hey you know your wife you thought was lost well guess what I got her right here
0: yeah yeah Oh man. That
1: one's funny too because Mark Hamill is in that episode is, as the evil industrialist.
0: Apparently what happened was Mark Hamill asked to play a villain. He's like, "I want to play a villain, just anybody." So anytime so you'll actually hear Mark Hamill's voice a little bit throughout the first season before you, you get to the Joker and it's like it's because they were like, "Okay, Mark, you can play this and you can play that and you can play this." And then it's like and then Tim Curry had to drop out and they were like, "Oh, I yeah. guess you can just play the Joker then."
1: <laughs> The, the chat reminds me too that he was also in an episode of Batman Beyond. You're right, uh, Daniel. That was actually a pretty solid episode. It was
0: okay. Yeah, I watched that recently and I was like, all right. Believe nice me, little you're the only one who cares.
1: That, uh, I mean, like, Heart of Ice is so good, they co-opted it almost instantly for the comics, and then, then for the movie with Schwarzenegger to give Mr. Freeze this tragic backstory.
0: Ooh, so wasted on him. Like, so wasted yeah. on that movie, though. It doesn't matter. Even if Patrick Stewart had played Mr. Freeze, <laughs> it still wouldn't have been good. So Cool we got, party. We have the show, and it's perfect. And that's the other element, of course, is the voice cast, which is just... Unbelievable. We didn't even mention like Lauren Lester's ability to play Robin and how great he was. Oh yeah. But uh, yeah, overall just so great. But his but uh, but Heart of Ice is one of the best episodes of like animated television, much less one of just,
1: the best episodes. Just just a World. winner from start to finish.
0: Easily, easily. Um. So yeah. Uh. Let's see. Do do you have do you have honorable mentions still?
1: Uh, yeah, a whole bunch of but right, I still have, ten. I still have two more left. I still have my, uh, one and two because I went first, which means I actually had three when I said oh, okay. I had well, two.
0: okay, well, do it, do it, let's do it.
1: I mean, uh, uh, my number two pick, and this was my number two pick right from the beginning, uh, Mad Love.
0: Mad Love, right. Uh, it was, the- here's the thing, uh, it's not on my list at all. Really? It's, uh, because I remember them being like, we're never going to be able to do the sh- do it. So they did the comic book. And as a result, the comic book existed before the show. It did. And it's really good. And it really, like, humanizes Harley and it explores the best. It's the best
1: origin. It's the definitive origin for the character they created and put to animation. Yeah, anything
0: that they're trying to do with Harley that isn't Mad Love is a waste of time.
1: It's also the most evil. I remember the Joker being, where it's like when he backhands her in that episode. I remember watching that Saturday morning, and like I spit the cereal out of my mouth. I'm like, <laughs> can they do that? That's horrifying. Yes, and
0: it's funny how much of the comic they just went. We're just gonna do that in the episode itself. Mm-hmm. Um, I wish it hadn't been in season four's animation. Yeah, like for that, I'm like ugh. Then uh, I feel like there are a couple things that I was like, it's just I. I I like it, but I don't think it's as nuanced as the rest of the show. There are great performances in that episode, and it's also just solid. Uh, Joker gets to have a lot more fun. This place has gone to blinking blue blazes. Has mm. anyone seen my socks? That's or when funny. he says, like, mm-hmm, uh-huh, yeah, Batman, eh? Yeah, well, all right, well, bye. you he's got who looking through tied his... up where?
1: Or when he's looking through his plans, and he's like, you know, been done, not funny, to Riddler. To
0: Riddler. Yeah, that's pretty good. Uh... But yeah, I feel like uh, we're getting towards the end of the show at that point. Like when they when Mad Love comes out, I'm like, shouldn't have waited. That
1: was another episode where it's like this could have been your last episode.
0: Yeah, that would have been fine because it was, yeah, it kills the joker. It kills the Joker. Uh, Quote it, unquote. Yeah, it's all right.
1: Which but, hey, we we wouldn't see him again until uh, what is it? Until friggin' uh, uh, Batman Beyond, right?
0: I think so, right? Or do or. <sighs>
1: Or did yeah. they do the team-up with Superman The world's finest, that? I
0: don't remember what episode that is.
1: I can't remember that one. It's a Superman episode, not a Batman episode.
0: Yeah. Um, they all, It's also, like, overtly sexual in that one, Like where it's like, yeah, no, Joker and Harley are banging. I do like the idea of Joker being like, no, I don't, I don't care about that.
1: <laughs> I'm a weird asexual clown man.
0: Yeah, exactly.
1: With more important things on my mind, like elaborate clown-themed death traps.
0: For one person.
1: Yes, just so, for one.
0: Yeah, I hear you. I, 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 I respect it. It's not on my list, but I do enjoy it. So
1: I, Again, it's the tragedy of that one that nails me, and I feel it's the tragedy that they have purposefully cut from the Harley Quinn character as to make her more marketable, and indeed she's the fourth uh, pillar of the DC Universe, so what the fuck do I know? Right, like,
0: exactly. Um, and uh, for one of my episodes that I always like and I always go back to, it's one of my favorites... Is his silicon soul? soul oh, robots. The to the Hard Act, two parter.
1: Get uh, some robots up in there.
0: Holy shit, his silicon soul, soul is so good. First of all, excellent animation. Secondly, uh, you get a lot of really, really sweet, awesome allusions in this. You get Blade Runner, you get Terminator, yes. and you get uh, esoteric, uh, introspective am I human or am I not? What makes it possible?
1: Rossum, that's the just, creator of robots.
0: That's right, who is literally just the same character and the same actor from Blade Runner, put in there. I think Batmite's in that one.
1: Uh, oh, we, we also see that same guy again in the uh, Mr. Freeze sequel with the Walt Disney guy because we find out Rossum was an Imagineer. Yeah,
0: yeah, exactly.
1: <laughs> nice uh, little tying that back together. Like, hey, let's have fucking Rossum come back. Right?
0: But uh, his Silicon Soul, if you're not familiar, uh, hardac the supercomputer that was supposed to be replacing people with duplicates, um, duplicates, not replicants. Mm-hmm, uh, it's legally versions. different. Yeah. That that whole two-parter, by the way, is awesome, and like, holy shit, like, what a ballsy move. A two-parter about replacing humans with robots? Yeah. But the the sequel to that, where there was one duplicate they didn't destroy, and it was the Batman duplicate. That was also Bruce Wayne, because Hardak knew. And that Batman, like, roaming the world and trying to, like, figure out who he is, and then facing Mm -hmm. off against Batman, and then Batman and he going to a battle of the death, and then... Thinking he killed Batman, and because he is so Batman, he's like, "Oh no, I've taken a life," and he kills himself. Yeah, the, it's perfectly distilled by the last line of the of the episode with Batman and Alfred talking, and he says, "Do you think it had a soul, Alfred?" I just it's, love that moment. I love that it's episode. It's wonderful. So great. Uh, ugh, just just uh, I, holy shit. It's it's also
1: like, hey, weighty science fiction themes in Batman, which mostly stuck to neo noir and superheroics, but it's like, hey, we can do other genres too.
0: Exactly. Um, it's these episodes that make me go like, this show is, is, is un- it's like we'll never come again.
1: It's so true, which, you know, that dovetails quite perfectly into the one I have for my number one. It's a Dark Horse one. I think people have heard me talk about this before when I say it's my favorite. A Bullet for Bullock.
0: Yeah, I like a Bullet for Bullock, but I couldn't put it on my list. I don't blame you, though. It's uh, it's the perfect cop
1: drama. It has an amazing jazz score, which sounded like nothing from any episode. It was all its own.
0: Yeah, you know that episode. That's that 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 great score got it a uh, an Emmy for that.
1: And it deserved it. It's amazing. It's a wonderful focus piece on Bullock, who I've said is my favorite Gotham cop, maybe one of my favorite cops in fiction.
0: Yeah. Oh, Bullock is great. Mm-hmm. Like, it's, what a great character with a lot of pathos oh, yeah. and, and depth. He's a good – He's he at the core of his being, he's a good cop, but he's one of the harsh ones. It's
1: he me. really is. It, it's a beautiful thing to team him up with Batman and be like, look, I don't like you, but I need your help. And it's an examination of how both of them choose to fight crime in their city and how neither one is truly right or wrong.
0: Agreed. Yeah.
1: It it also has a great bit for Renee Montoya where they, like, try and stop, like, a bunch of bank robbers who killed a teller Christmas Day. It's also a weird holiday episode, too. Uh-huh. <laughs> Because it's like, it's like one of those cop movies that just happens to take place at Christmas time. Yeah. That's cool. It also has maybe the greatest twist they ever did because they say, you know, it's hard to write a mystery in 22 minutes for television. It's never the obvious red herring guy. It's always the only other person who was in the episode. Right. I think they get around that in an amazing way in this one, and it's also – I think it's an episode that speaks volumes to the corrupting nature of Gotham City and how, you know, it's very easy to go mad there.
0: Yeah, yeah. Uh, That's excellent. That's a great one. And I don't blame it. I don't blame you for being number one. Let's go into our honorable mentions, shall we? So many. Lightning fast through these. Uh, Appointment in Crime Alley uh, is one one of the best episodes, and I just couldn't fit it on the list because I had to make a couple of uh, concessions. I believe- It hits home the
1: importance of Leslie Tompkins.
0: I believe it's written by Jerry Conway.
1: Interesting. It's kind of
0: awesome. That's Um, metal. But that's the one that I was thinking of with Roland Daggett, where at the end, Daggett blows up a tenement building. And then- he gets away with it and Batman is powerless to stop him because yeah. he's got the law on his side. And he just goes, he just rolls his window down in front of Batman and then leaves. It's also a great Leslie Tompkins episode. Uh, just sure overall. is. And Batman's trying desperately to like do, to just, just keep his appointment. Ah, it's, it's so good. Uh, so Very much so. It's, I, I think it's a perfect episode.
1: It's really good. Uh, Scarface. I don't think they ever did Scarface better. Again, that was a wonderful neo-noir episode. That introduced this admittedly pretty ridiculous villain, but made you believe it. And it was also an episode about mental illness. And they could kill the puppet in any sort of horrible, gory way they want because it was just did. a puppet. <laughs> they did it three times. Yeah,
0: no, that was great. I I, I remember being like, "Wow, they're doing Scarface!" Like when it mm. came out, and that was that was a that was a great one. Uh, uh, for me, another one that i would to throw out there is uh, Eternal Youth
1: mmm a fun alfred centric one
0: it's it's a great poison ivy episode it also has a lot of great horror in it turns people into plants oh Uh, yeah Alfred uh, is in it, and he gets, like, all messed up. Alfred's got a girlfriend in it, which is kind of fun. Uh, That's nice. Also, great acting from Ephraim Zimbalist Jr. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, but also, it's just a really fun uh, Poison Ivy episode. You know, she's just, at that one, uh, Alfred's already, or uh, Poison Ivy's done. Like, sometimes you kind of feel bad for, for Poison Ivy. Pammy's yeah. a, a tortured character that you almost sympathize with, but in this one, I'm just, you can't. Like, she's just, she's done. She's like, no, I'm most just, I'm screwing over people and uh, whatever and you can't stop was, me yeah that's a good one and i i had to throw it in because like poison ivy is a great villain it needs to be mm-hmm. referenced so
1: here's a here's a weird one day of the samurai i like it because it addresses batman's training all over the world it's like a sins of the past coming to fight him it's an international batman we get to see him go to japan and fight it out with the yakuza and then have a big sword fight with a dude in front of a burning volcano uh
0: as a kid i was like this is boring as a teenager i remember being like uh, the samurais are right up my alley this is totally same. tight and it really works out and it's another one of I, those teasing episodes where it's like robin might be in this one eh, and then he does something I,
1: I felt the exact same way about that when as a kid i'm like oh he's fighting a fucking ninja really yeah. no colorful super and this is dumb this is lame but again as you get older like wow there's actually a lot under the hood in this episode
0: agreed we get to see uh young batman train and we get to see kyodaiken being like a real dick and there's a yeah. lot of great stuff he, both those episodes are awesome
1: it really, really is. Uh, Old wounds, a Nightwing-centric episode, awesome, talking about great. how how the family fell apart and how Batgirl came in and everything. Kyle Higgins would build on this one in an amazing way for his uh, Batman Beyond comic run. There's just a lot of cool stuff happening in this episode.
0: Totally. Uh, I gotta toss this out one this one out there. The Forgotten, the one where Batman gets a uh, gets amnesia and he yes. gets sold into a chain gang and has to fight like a morbidly obese plantation owner.
1: Uh, Boss hog looking dude.
0: Alfred Dr- flies the bat plane. Batman uh, re-explores his madness through a yep. hot box fever dream, uh, and I, 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 I can't prove this, but uh, when he bumps into Joker in his fantasy, he doesn't recognize him because oh, there's this moment where he's he's hallucinating, he's in a dream, uh, and he 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 looks at a mirror. Because he doesn't know who he is, and he looks in the mirror and he sees himself as Bruce Wayne, and Bruce Wayne's laughing in his face. Yeah. And yeah, then yeah. he turns into the Joker, grabs him, and then pulls him through the mirror, and they both cascade down the like skyscrapers of Gotham. So mm. great. But great imagery. I, I want to say because I think it's I think that uh, in the earlier time that they were doing it, Mark Hamill wasn't sure how to do the Joker. He's <laughs> kind of approximating Tim Curry. There's a laugh that he does in that that's so very quintessentially Tim Curry, I almost want to say that they just used it. That it you is, never do hear
1: it anywhere else, yeah. I
0: want to say that that is a Tim Curry take and they just used it anyway. I, I like to think that. don't have any proof to that, and I want to say that, and Mark Hamill is such a good voice actor, he could have just done it, but you it's go so to- great. Um, That
1: episode's great, too, because it actually makes use of the Dust Bowl, neo-1950s aesthetic of the Batman universe, where it's like, yeah, there'd be, like, a weird mining colony of, like, you know, wayward workers that Batman could get himself press-ganged into.
0: Yeah. By the way, Tremaine, uh, yes, he did meet Zatanna. It's in an episode called Zatanna. Uh, it's an amazing episode, and I love it because the dude who's in everything—and I don't remember his name—but he plays the ghost that teaches Patrick Swayze how to use his powers and ghosts. Oh yeah, that guy. He plays the voice of Zatara, and it's so good. But Batman has to help Zatanna. She doesn't have like true magic, but she does no. have, like she's a magician. And it's it, it, that's a good one. But, uh, the, but yeah, they'll the pay her off one, later in Justice League. It's true, but uh, but the Forgotten's one is. is A favorite of mine because it's one of those, uh, it's another one of those episodes where you're like, we were like, God damn it! It's another one where Joker's not in it or Riddler. This is boring. And then it's like, yeah, Oh no! Yeah,
1: I, I hated it as a kid, and they played that one all the fucking time. It was too. that
0: one and Batman in my basement, like every other day. I'm like, God damn it! Can we please See, get some Joker up in here?
1: I had the freaking uh, what is it? Talking storybook of Batman in my basement, which made me hate that one even <laughs> more because I'm like, I've been here. I've seen this.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: I sure. own the fucking book. Show me some new shit, please.
0: Yeah. Uh, yeah, Halmar reminds me of that moment from Zatanna where he says, like, I know that my daughter will miss you, A John Smith. Uh, yeah. Oh, uh, And and, and it, it hints that, like, Batman is trying to, like, be uh, – is trying to, like – like, he's learning from all the different walks of life. It, yeah, it, yeah. It ties into the ninja episode because it's like, here's another place where Batman went yeah. and learned and then left. But, uh, I like yeah.
1: those. Uh, Robin's Reckoning, the 2 part might be the <laughs> best Robin origin story ever put to film.
0: Yeah. Stuff it, Batman! You and your stone cold heart—you couldn't get you to know how I feel. It's—it's
1: it's so perfect. Like I watched that like two-parter, like forty-four minutes, and I'm like, how did this never become the backbone for a movie?
0: Yeah, uh, because uh, Hollywood doesn't respect their, their 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 you know the source material, and they're like, whatever, Robin—he doesn't sell, like. Robin doesn't sell in Hollywood to the point where Chris Nolan and uh, Christian Bale said, if there's a Robin, then the, you, you, if you make us use Robin, we're out.
1: So. Just the biggest jerk off motion because you watch that and I'm like, this is perfect. This should be the next reboot trilogy of movies. Start with Robin's reckoning. Let's have a Batman who's pre-established see a kid who's just coming oh. into this crazy world for the first time. Yeah see it through his eyes, have like, you know, the reflected pain of like, I lost my family, I lost my family too. I'm saving you because, you know, I see the good in you. I see the future that you could have. And also if I don't, knowing how bad Gotham City is, if I don't save you now, Dick Grayson, I might be fighting you in a few years. It's
0: true. That's a good point.
1: You, um, you have in you the ability for great good or great evil possibly. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And your, your, your talent is too good. Like, Uh, And finally, uh, for me, for my honorable mentions, I'm going to mention the Beware the Grey Ghost.
1: That was my last one, too. Boom.
0: So excellent. First of all... Terrific animators working on that one. Second of all, a legitimate homage to Adam West, without being love pe- letter, without being pedantic or self-referential or no, frustrating. No. It's not like ham-fisted. It legitimately creates something different. It's literally the the Gray Ghost world that they created in the show is basically Batman's Batman the animated series. Yes, like it's it's a real thing, but it's like. It's not a joke, you know. No, it's not. The, the Gray Ghost took himself seriously, and the world took it seriously. But
1: uh, and to think, see Batman be earnestly a fan of something is pretty amazing. The,
0: uh, the 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 work between Kevin Conroy and Adam West is great because Adam West also isn't playing a parody of himself. Yeah, yeah. He's playing himself as like, and in 1992, where it's like, I was something of a joke, and now I'm always gonna be that, and I'm just. I can't get jobs because everyone thinks of me as a Ugh. Batman. Oh, that's when he's trying that's to get so money. Sad. He's trying to sell Gray ghost m- merchandise. Oh, you paid apartment. the rent
1: for the last time, old friend. It's
0: so good.
1: It's, uh, it's heart shredding even more so. Cause you know, that was real. And it's even sadder now because obviously Adam West isn't with us anymore.
0: The, uh, the episode or the moment in the episode, of course, that like gets me now and my older, like as I'm older is when he says, uh, you know, I used to watch you with my father. The Grey Ghost mm. was my hero. Like, uh, Yeah. Excellent. Gets ya. Yeah. The, the
1: Grey gray, gray Ghost so great, they keep bringing him back every so often so, in the so background of stuff.
0: Such that in the episode of Just League Unlimited epilogue, uh, Terry McGinnis is seeing the Grey, Grey Ghost, Ghost movie, movie <laughs> in the future. Uh, in A, a crazy reboot.
1: Hmm? A crazy reboot of the Grey Ghost, I'm sure. The Grey Ghost rides again. <laughs> yeah.
0: Ah, uh, so great. So, yeah, there you have it, everybody. Uh, our favorite episodes of Batman the Animated Series. I can't stress it enough. Everybody talks about, like, how great the show is and, like, their tweet and retweet. This is a show that changes lives and it influences people in and it really... I am
1: the man movie. I am today. I have this job doing no small part to Batman the Animated Series being a huge inspiration in my formative years. It's
0: a real, it's it's a legitimate art form that, like, somebody reminded me that uh, about the Batman Harley Quinn movie and it's like... Yeah, that's not even close to what it was. And like when I say like it's time, to- it, it's kind will never come again. It really won't because mm. Justice League Unlimited is a great show. It is a great show. Superman: The Animated Series is a great show, and we should do another one with with Superman. We should. I was watching that episode the other. day. I was watching uh, the episode where uh, they killed Dan Turpin, and oh, that show is so good, but for a to- for, for totally different reasons. Uh, Batman the Animated Series does something da- – dares to be new, different, familiar, uh, classic, and like revolutionary all at once to the point where it has infiltrated every aspect of fandom uh, in ways that you can't possibly even imagine. Uh, it's true. By the way, and also, that it's I still
1: being to... referenced and homaged even itself.
0: Yeah. I want to do a quick uh, shout-out to our amazing uh, collective of comic Pop fans who have actually – Bolstered my Batman the Animated Series collection. Although I will say, I know my, my piece de resistance is this little number that was actually given to me by Tiffany of all people. Oh, uh, this is the animated series. This is this is for me, and I'll mention this because we didn't get a chance to. The best Batmobile.
1: It is. It is without a doubt the best Batmobile. It's not too busy, but no. it's clear what it is. Yes,
0: it doesn't. Uh, it at no point has like a bat logo on it or the bat mm. or a bat in any way i think
1: it's wonderfully retro yet also futuristic
0: yeah that moment in uh the mask of the phantasm when he sees the car of the future Mm. he's like that that's my car i'm like that's amazing great little moment
1: good stuff even even the car that he drives in the future in batman beyond is very reminiscent of the old batmobile
0: yes uh yeah absolutely um there are some great batmobiles we should do a thing where we talk about batmobiles because like i have some favorites but this is the best one.
1: Yeah, we could do like, uh, what is it like, just vehicles in general from all our favorite shit. It's
0: good call. But uh, there you have it. Everybody, yo, yo, that yo, was... you got the
1: Mystery Machine. You got it all.
0: <laughs> the Delorean, the Ecto One, all that stuff.
1: See, that's an episode. Freaking write that down. That's one. Yeah.
0: But uh, I want to thank you all for hanging out with us. But before we go, I want to ask you a question. Uh, what is your favorite episode of Batman the Animated Series and why? And don't mm-hmm. don't give me Heart of Ice. Unless it impacted you personally, but like, <laughs> let's hear it, like, like, let, let me hear your Batman in my basement episode. Like, your episode where you're like, you know, make fun of me if you will, but this is something that matters to me, and here's why. Yeah.
1: This one struck a personal chord with exactly,
0: me. Exactly, exactly. Don't be afraid to mention season four, even though I'm not a huge fan. I like it. Uh, not it's everything all bad to, to be, me. Not everything needs to be for me, you know? And that's something well, that everybody should, uh, well, should, well, should well, subscribe to.
1: But what about Mean Season, Sal? That was an interesting one about women in Hollywood and how rough it is to succeed in everything. I that don't was also that one. one. It also touched on mental illness. They fought like a like a phantom of the opera style, like former Hollywood starlet who, you know, who was abused and used up by the industry, and so she was like striking back against I, uh, what is it, all the power players in Hollywood?
0: Wow, yeah, I never saw it.
1: That, that was a Batman and Batgirl joint episode, and what was funny about that is it felt like the writers were almost taking the piss out of WB a little bit because they had, like, a big event going on at what was essentially, like, mid-season replacement week, and it's like, hey, here's all the new shows we got coming. up. Model school. Can they be models and go to school? Probably and Skateboard Cop, he's like 14 and a cop. It's a thing. <laughs> okay. And, and also Skateboard Cop, because this was like when Dwayne McDuffie was not involved. I'm like, oh, oh, is that Dwayne McDuffie talking about all the crappy roles for African-Americans on television? You got to skateboard and you got to do all this other stuff. You
0: mean from the guy who created Rocket Racer or whatever?
1: <laughs> yeah, which, again, was his, like, his anger. It's like, then look, they made me do it, too. Yeah, all right. Fair and right. I hate them all. <laughs> There's a great letter out there of Dwayne McDuffie when he's like writing the network and being like, so I'm really pissed about this and this is why right right. And it still holds up to this day whenever I see one of those roles or one of those characters I'm like, oh, poor Dwayne McDuffie's rolling over in his grave right now
0: <laughs> Well I want to thank you all for hanging out with us and watching us just 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 gush about our favorite cartoon show of all time and we'll uh, mm. we'll see you guys next week with an all new episode. I'm Sal.
1: I'm Joel. Thanks
0: a lot for watching everybody so long. <laughs> Thank <laughs> you.